Listen to my voice. Isn't it weird that we can capture audio and reproduce it so others can hear? You're not listening to me in real time. This is a recording of a conversation that is already in the past. And I'm having an existential crisis just thinking about it. The first recording was captured in the mid-1800s, and since then, audio technology has become so advanced that just about anyone can pick up a couple pieces of gear and start recording. Although anyone can do it, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone will be successful at it. So what makes an audio engineer valuable? Is it their years of experience, the equipment they have, or is it about the passion and drive that makes them obsess over every frequency, wavelength, and decibel? For the past eight years, our guest has produced some of the most sonically impressive recordings, ranging from local hobbyists to major label bands, and is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. This episode of Stay Risky was recorded and brought to you by Engine Room Recording Company. Alright, we are here at Stay Risky with my buddy Jackson Ward. How are you today, brother? Doing great. How are you? Oh, ripping. Ripping. <laughs> ripping. Good I'm excited that. I got you in here because you're a very hard man to uh, get a hold of. You've been so busy with all of your projects, all of your things going out. Tell us a little bit about what's uh, recently come out. Oh boy, uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, most recent thing, actually, this past week, New Drum Library came out. So that is a product I put out with uh, Spectre Digital. That's Glenn nice. Fricker's YouTube. Okay. Uh, you know, you may know him from YouTube, but that's his software company. Uh, so I've been developing a bunch of drum libraries with them over the years, and uh, we just put out an update for the first kit. So we added a bunch of cool pieces to it. So that launched uh, a couple days ago. So that's been the most recent thing that's come out. Uh, if we're talking music and singles, I honestly don't know because there's a lot. <laughs> so much. <laughs> there's so much that I've been doing. Um, I'm not great, really sure yeah, when. You... I don't know when things come out. People sure. are just like, like it's out. they leave the studio and then like a year passes and sometimes a year goes before they put anything out sure. that we've finished or they put it out the next day. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and a very interesting thing about Jackson that some people might not know is he's been taking a break from social media just in general in terms of usage, which I'm jealous because I wish that we I'm could. I'm jealous too, yeah. Yeah, ben, ben and I run like 12 different pages and it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. But the cool thing is you've, you've built up the business so much that you I mean you're all word of mouth and referrals and you know you have stuff you've used social media but you've been taking that break but you've still seen a steady flow of work right yeah it's funny you bring that up so for me social media helped me like 10 years ago when i was getting kind yeah. of off the ground sure. yeah. um started a youtube channel when i was in high school just putting like drum covers up and with a 18 or 18 to 25 yeah. <laughs> piece neil pert custom kit yeah on a pretty absurd drum kit i will yeah. say uh so yeah i was you know making these drum covers and it, it helped kind of get the ball rolling in terms of people you know seeing like oh okay this guy can play you know halfway decent and sure. you know it kind of got my foot in the door for some projects musically yeah. And then that snowballed into just making more relationships and connections. Well, it's it's weird what happens when you use social media correctly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was like ten. I mean, that was ten plus years ago. Yeah. So that that was before people were like, "Oh, you must use Instagram like this, this, and this mm -hmm. to network." It was and the Wild West business. then. It was the Wild West. Like 
if you got a hundred thousand views on a YouTube video, that was a big deal at the time. Now that's kind of like you hit the algorithm right. Sure, it's not impossible to do. Um, there, there's just so many people on the, on the platform, but at the time that was just a, you know, a more raw uh, and early stages uh, thing. So getting in YouTube at that level and then networking and like Facebook groups and for engineers or well, that's how you and I all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we reconnected because Jackson and I went to college together. Um, okay. and we had a class together, but we weren't necessarily like friends. We didn't really hang out. We kind of not not that like I didn't like you. Just we just didn't talk really. And then um, uh, Jackson actually hit me up. He slid into my DMs Ooh. Yeah, because I would, and I, I knew what you were doing. Oh, yeah. I'd post videos of me playing guitar. And he's like, oh, man, that's sick. Oh, man, that's sick. And then he's like, <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm an audio engineer. And uh, <laughs> no, but, but um, Jackson and I reconnected. And I think we had a meeting like December 2019 or, or January. It was like right before the world shut down. Yeah. And we both had been like, we're starting our businesses. We're doing this. Let's let's do. Some I want to say it was like the summer before. Well, we met a few 20, times, and yeah. then I think we because did you go full time like right before twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah. So I I quit my day job, uh, <laughs> and I went full time in February of twenty. Oh, dude, perfect timing. You guys, your guys is like storylines because they're so parallel. The, at the it's same literally time, literally like the Disney version of the Tales Oldest Time. The two of you, because he quit his <laughs> job and went full time yep. right before twenty. It was a, it was August. But yeah, I mean it was around but that still, time. Still, yeah. I mean it's like <laughs> yeah, awful time to quit. Bright eyed, bushy tailed, <laughs> yeah. ready to take on the world. And the world's like ah. For those Take who, that. Nobody can see this, but it's really cute to watch these two interact. Yeah, we're actually holding hands. <laughs> Weird. But now, um, but then obviously that happened. So, uh, but you said you you've really stayed steady on. Like, it, there's really never been a slowdown. If anything, you just constantly ramped up in terms of your work and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, like anything, especially when you're a freelancer thing, you have your, your good days and your bad. You have your busy months and your slow months. Sure. But generally speaking, things have just continued to trend upward. What do you do when you're, when you're a little bit slower? I mean, are you then spending more time, like, educating yourself on advancements in technology or trying to find ways to push, like, uh, the projects that you, you know, when you were busy, are you finding ways to advance them? Or do you just shut off do you like go out in the wilderness do you i mean like, what do you do <laughs> there unfortunately is no shutting off for okay. me okay. uh i just can't do if you it. think i work myself to death he does it five times over okay no joke yeah so <laughs> so yeah i i i i i'll be honest even at this uh point in my career it feels weird to say that i i'm like anyone else i mean i if things are like, oh, shit, what's going on this month? I don't want to say I panic, but I'm like, you know, there's definitely right. moments you want to of occupy like, the time. Yeah. yeah, like I need to fill this time. How am I going to do it? What's the best use of yeah. my time for this window? Is it working on a future product that I'm not going to see income from for like a year or two? Sure. Or is it should I fill that spot with like, you know, like a prorated session or something for a client like marketing that's been wanting or, to get in for a while? Yeah. Or do I focus on... You know, there's so many ways I'm like, okay, what's the best use of that time? So I end up always, like, filling it one way or another. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you bring up, like, you know, bettering skill set, yeah. studying, improving myself. Uh, I try to utilize every project to do that. Um, so a lot of the stuff I do um, or, you know, approaches I take to mixing or, or producing a project I'm always trying to come at it from a different angle mm -hmm, so that sure. I'm not repeating 
myself or falling into a rut where I'm just using templating or, yeah. you know, like templates are cool and that approach is neat. And like, yeah, it's great to be able to do a project quickly, but I'd, I'd really like to give people something that's unique and help an artist develop their own sound. Mm -hmm. And part of doing that, it pushes me to get better or to learn how to engineer and produce in a way that is unique for that project. So that's kind of, you know, what I enjoy. And that's part of what keeps me passionate and striving to get better and striving to honestly keep recording and working with new people. Because if I'm going from working on, you know, like a folk project one week and then the next week it's a technical death metal group like Fleshbore, mm -hmm. very different things that I'm, you know, taking in the music I'm listening to in my free time to familiarize myself. Uh, the, you know, I might watch videos on YouTube of how those producers are approaching sure. those projects, you know, just, you know, as simple as in the morning when I'm having my coffee, like I'll watch like a 10 minute video just to like get the gears turning and start thinking about things in a different way. I know? was going to say something that's helped me because, and if anybody doesn't know, Jackson and I do a project together called Global Plague and we've been doing it for four years. Basically when we started hanging out and meeting, mm -hmm. we started doing the project together and it's been, I, I've loved every second of it. And, um, the funny thing is, is the longer we've been doing it, the less I listen to metal in my free time. Like I actually listen to like R and B and soul, and like I I've actually found like a real fascination with like learning songwriting. I guess in that aspect of like less is more, trying to make it really clean and concise. And you really help push me as a producer and engineer to like think of things a different way. We just had a vocal session. We just entirely I had my idea, and I kind of have like a very boxed in skill set in my brain rhythmically and he's like we need to chop it up this way do this this and that and it came out tremendously better like you're not afraid to like be like hey we we gotta do it this way because this is how the rhythm is going to go and this is how it's going to fit and overall this is going to be better for the song which you and i have the relationship so it's easy you just tell me no and i right yeah but it's hard to and we were talking about with um with the guys that were in here before is that you know ethically you want to have a good client relationship but you also don't want the music to suffer if you're too buddy buddy right afraid it's a, to say certain things it's great you brought that up i had this conversation with my friend and client uh laray uh williams the other day um he's got a great band uh indigo psych it's really cool hmm. or indigo sky sorry um and uh really cool project anyway he and i were having this discussion because when he brought his songs to me we were in a similar boat you know he he had the songs written, some of them written for five plus years. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, this is what I've got. But, you know, I, I know note for note what I'm envisioning for everything. But, you know, I'm kind of open to changing it. We had just met, right? Yeah. This is like our first time working right. together. And this was like over a year ago. And it was within a few sessions once we warmed up to each other and that like wall kind of dropped. And it's like, hey, um, I love what you're doing here, but why don't we try this? Or have you thought about approaching it from this way? When you can have that open dialogue with somebody um, and there's no ego coming from the artist or from the engineer side or producer side, and it's just a conversation about making the music the best it can be, um, I, I mean, that's where the best stuff always comes from. It's when the you, you hit a point where you can have that open dialogue. Sure. And you just move quickly and efficiently because the goal in mind now is is mutual. And if you can have a, a dialogue about what that goal is and the specifics of how you're going to get there, um, 
it's just so much better. It's it's much better than when I've had situations with a client where they have that vision and they're stuck they're so to it and it. they don't want to let it go. And I'm like, okay. And those are the sessions where now when I do them, I just know like I am Pro Tools monkey and I'm going to sit here <laughs> and I'm just going to hit record right. and you do exactly do what, what you, you say want. and then you're going to leave and I'm not going to think about this again because like why should I? <laughs> you know. And I think on the on a surface level, it's interesting. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, me and Brand, that like – it takes so much confidence just to come out of the bedroom, like with this music, this art. Like it takes so much, and some people, it is. It's it's their baby. You know, they they it took them everything to get into the studio, to reach out to you, to pull the finances together. That they're like, this is what I want, and this is what's going to be great. And sometimes it does shake out well. Sometimes those people are just they're, they're savants, right? Mm-hmm. I think collaboration is such a key aspect, and I think it takes a lot for an artist to get to that point because you're trusting somebody else. But when you are lucky enough to find somebody that you can connect with and truly trust with your art. You know, this thing that came out of the bedroom when nobody knew, um, man, that's just, it's so precious, you know? And so what you're able to do and and helping people move that along when it's the right time is awesome. I mean, it's just such, such a key thing. No, you're exactly right. Um, I love when somebody brings me something new and they're like, hey, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, like... I don't know if I want to show you yeah. or like I get those, I get clients that are like that and it's like, Hey, it's all good. I love being involved as early on as possible. Yeah. If, if you want to loop me in, cause then I can maybe fix things now that would cause problems yeah. later or bring attention to things that maybe you're overlooking. Um, and like having that dynamic with people where they're just comfortable to send right. you that demo off the iPhone. Like that's, and that's the best to me. As corny as it sounds, I got a confidence boost when we were in session this past Wednesday. Because I, I don't know if you could tell I'm congested. At least mm-hmm. people listening, I'm, I'm congested and I'm coming off of being sick. That day, that night, I got deathly sick. And you're like, this is the best your voice has ever <laughs> listened or like heard or best your voice has ever been. And I was like, I sound like shit. That's a Phoebe's and Friends situation when she gets sick and she does like all of her music, right. but it's all like sultry and like low voice. <laughs> but even Sorry, then, super nerdy moment yeah, for me, but no. like, that's exactly e- what I thought of. Even then, though, like, Jackson, I, Jackson and I are good friends. And like, not, not to say that like things you say to me don't matter, but like, I usually don't like, you might give me a confidence boost or something. Like, and to me, I'm like, okay, it's just Jackson just saying something. But like, and I Actually, I think it might have helped me get through that session because we it was a little little bit of like not buttonheads, but like the very beginning was like you know rhythmically not working. And then once you're like, oh, let's do it this way, and we saw it, or at least I saw it working, I'm like, oh cool. And we just did it and it came out really good. Do you um I always find it entertaining like the memes when it's like the guy that's in his bedroom and he's playing guitar and singing, he's like, Oh, it sounds <laughs> great. And then it kicks over to an image of him in the studio and he can't like play and like he's like, Oh my god, what's happening? So I find it interesting because um with engineers, you know, you you got these artists coming in and they're like, okay, I've been practicing and rehearsing. You're like, all right, great, let's put it to a tempo, which is what they should do, like a click track, and mm-hmm. they can't play to the click. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just struggling. The the amount of effort that goes into be a technically like be or technically to record like in a studio versus playing live or in your bedroom, mm-hmm. two totally separate worlds. Yeah. And like I've seen bands where I'm like, you guys are amazing live, and I'll go watch listen to the album, like, this is okay. Right. All all the juice is gone. Yeah. Right. And some of that, I'm going to be brutally honest, and some people might not like hearing this, but it's 
it's just as much on the musicians when you hear them live and they're great and then you go listen to the record and it's not. It's just as much on them as it is the engineer. Sure. It's the engineer's job to polish that, in yeah. my opinion, and present the best version of that band that can be heard, ideally, in a sense, in a timeless sense. You listen back in 20 years and you go, yeah, that was damn good. Or right. yeah, that's the best that band ever sounded. Because well, your name's on, on that record. You're a part of that at that point. Yeah, I'm a part of it. I'm adopting the music in a sense yeah, for your the reputation duration I'm working yeah. on the record. I get really invested in the music I work on. I mean, I listen to it in my free time. I listen to it constantly because I'm trying to find all the all the Absolutely. flaws, yeah. really, um, or anything that can be addressed. So, you know, for me. I, I think that, you know, the, the whole idea of, oh, we're just a local band or it's just a local project, right, yeah. that I hate hearing that as an excuse for why something isn't good or at a certain level. Right. Um, like, you shouldn't be hiding behind that. You should be embracing it like, okay, we're a local band, but we're going to sound like we're a regional band or a touring band or a label-backed band because we're going to go and we're going to make the best record yeah, we can. Yeah, if you're going to pay for it, you might as yeah. well have it as good as it can possibly be. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're cutting corners, they will, people will hear it, even if they don't have a trained ear. I mean, you, you hear recordings where sometimes where either if it was a budget thing, maybe the musician, it could have been the engineer or whatever, but there's a reason why certain songs get playlisted, and they get, and that's like another big aspect of it too, which it sounds kind of shallow, but like if you're a new band and you're not signed and you're not being managed the number one tool you have is your social media. It's your playlisting. It's like you you want to have that music that's sonically good enough that radios want to play it. Even if it's a great song, if it's sonically not good, if the recording's not good, they're not going to play it. They're, they can't. Yeah, if it's really, really bad, for sure. I mean, there's... I, I'm a believer that the song comes first. There are many examples of poorly recorded songs that's that right. are major hits sure. and have been... Stood the test of time, right? Mm -hmm. Any Jimi Hendrix album. Uh, Stonable <laughs> Pilots drive me insane. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's there's records that, yeah, don't sound great, but they're huge and they have left an impact on people, which to me says the music did its job mm -hmm. and the recording did its job enough to convey mm -hmm. the emotion of the artist, which is really the whole point of it. So in that case, I guess you could say the engineering did its job right, right even if it doesn't sound great but uh yeah i i like to just help people get the yeah. best thing that they can so that you know they're showing it to their kids grandkids many decades down the line they go wow i didn't know you were that sick <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like <laughs> oh like, grandpa can oh scream. grandpa shreds <laughs> yeah yeah like that's what i want people to have like something that they can show and be proud of and stand behind you know five ten years down the line now yeah you might listen back to it and be like uh, you know as a musician mature and be like oh wow i can't believe i decided to do this or that but overall you can still objectively listen and be like you know what we did a really good job yeah. for that time you know well and psychologically i find it very interesting that we as creatives like what we put into it um how it comes back over time kind of like Oh, how do I want to say this? One second. Let me pause for a second. Uh, well, you just said something that triggered a great idea. Crap. Triggered. Uh, triggered. Um, oh, no, that's not it. The people, <laughs> the people are waiting. I know. Sorry. We have time. We're actually ahead of schedule. Um, 
Oh, we were talking about recording studio or like recording in there being different from live to recording. Um, I well, how about it. let's do this? No, go ahead. Go to something else. Sorry. I lost let's it. I a, had a great question for Let's you. take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk to Jackson uh, about the new studio he's been working with in Vegas and the new contacts there. So we'll take a break. We'll be back. This episode's Trailblazer shout out goes to Cranborn Audio. Cranborn Audio is an audio company that prides itself on its modern approach to vintage sound, encapsulating their commitment to providing audio professionals with cutting edge technology that retains the warmth and character of classic analog gear. Our guest Jackson uses Cranborn preamps in his studio and swears by their products. Since I, Bram, work with Jackson on recording music, I've also personally heard and seen the benefits of the equipment. Cranborn's latest technology, the Carnaby Harmonic EQ, is the result of years of research and development. Their products are designed to provide the highest level of performance and versatility while retaining the warmth and character of classic analog gear. Whether you're a musician, producer, or audio engineer, their products are the perfect tool to help you achieve your creative vision. If you'd like to find out more about their products, head to cranbornaudio.com to learn more. You got it out of you, brother. I've been waiting for that burp. For I hope that the microphone caught that burp. I mean, I can rip them. Dude, <laughs> we might we might need to do some sound bites of you. We'll sample it. We'll make it. We're making a new pack here and engine recording. No. Um, but before we left for our break, uh, Ben was stuttering again. And uh, no. <laughs> uh, but no, I want to ask you about Fuck Vegas because it's it's super cool. Um, tell us a little bit about um, how you got contact with Black Box Studio and, and what you're doing with it. Yeah, so Black Box Studios, uh, for those that don't know, it's a uh, recording studio and film studio in Las Vegas, Nevada. Super cool spot. Um, Spencer Satello from Periphery uh, is one of the co-owners and like the main engineer there at the moment. And I got linked up with him through a mutual friend that I've known for a long time. Very long time, since like high school. Yeah, a long time. So... <laughs> Uh, he, he got us, uh, hooked up and we were just working on a project. I actually met him because we were mixing a song for one of my old bands from years ago, just for fun, just to, for shits and giggles, right? Sat down, you know, with Spencer. This was before the studio was built. We were at his home studio and we just kind of hit it off working on this mix. Like we realized we hear things similarly and we, all of our skill sets kind of you know, complimented one another. So we got off on a great start there. And then I, he was like, we're halfway through the session. And he just, you know, I'm sitting on the couch in the back. He's like, hey, man, do you want to, like, work on more stuff together? Like, not like this, but, like, just other projects. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, uh, you want to work with me? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I was like, don't you yeah, have that'd some, be sick. Don't you have some super cool studio you need to go work in or some other band that's cooler than me? Right, yeah. I mean, to me, at that moment, I was kind of like, well, dude, I, like, really respect, you know, your work. Like, I was kind of surprised you wanted to work with me, to be honest. But and I was you grew like, up listening to Periphery, too. Yeah, right? so. yeah. So, like, those records, uh, you know, Periphery 2 uh, was one of the first records that really made me go, like, wow, how how did they get the, that drum sound? Like, mm. how do I engineer and mix like that and get those tones? And that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. Um, so it kind of came full circle. But anyway, yeah, Spencer and I hit it off. We did a bunch of projects sure. together uh, in between then and now. And um, Black Box opened a little over a year ago. Um, and 
since then, they've been like flying me out and I've been helping with different projects, doing like pre-production for certain cool bands and uh that's really awesome yeah recording all sorts of good and stuff. as he said the word they've been flying me out i just saw the tiredness and the exhaustion <laughs> just seep down your face because you've been going back and forth quite a bit haven't you yeah it's it's kind of ramped up to like every month or every other month if not more often and a lot of the trips are now ranging I, i'm kind of putting my foot down on it because some of them were creeping up towards three and four weeks uh at a time which yeah, you're basically just, getting deployed <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just gets to be a bit much being away from home for that long and then coming back and then trying to get the ball rolling with my clients here sure. or maintaining things from afar. It's just a lot. It's got to feel good, though, the payoff of how much work you put into it, like the waking up, having coffee, and you're listening to or watching a YouTube video. Um, all the different things that you're doing, like the amount of work that you put in, though, that payoff's got to feel good. To know that your talent is wanted, that people are like, man, we really want to work with you. I mean, that's, that's got to be something that kind of motivates you, right? Like, kind of just keeps you being like, I'm going to keep pushing at this. Like, I guess so. I don't really ever stop and think about that. You should. Because <laughs> um, I'm – this sounds bad. I'm never happy with where I'm at. <laughs> sure. This is so. actually a therapy session <laughs> yes, for Jackson. Therapy. No, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of a problem. But I'm just always obsessed with pushing, and I'm yeah. always – focused on the next thing or lack thereof at times and i'm like what what's next what's bigger what's better there, what I, can i, I be pushing yeah forward? i think your levels of success don't change how you think about it like whether you're working at black box or you're working with someone who just is recording the first time it's the same amount of effort the same amount of same mentality yeah. all the time um yeah <laughs> it i don't know working at black box has been super rewarding though i do want to say that like that facility is beautiful uh the team there is fantastic. Yeah. Raul and Spencer and Brian and uh, Alec um, and Ty. They've been so great to work with. I've learned so much from those guys. Yeah. Um, and working with, I'll be honest, it, it's opened the door for me working with, you know, bigger label projects yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say right who, done, but, but unfortunately, you, but uh, when they come out, we'll we'll yeah. put it in the liner notes um, the ones you worked on. Yeah, but. Really cool stuff. Um, very exciting to be like working with people that I used to look up to and sure. still do, to be honest. Um, still learning from consistently, and um, it's just cool now with Spencer because we 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 take each other's feedback oh. and uh, we help each other so much with the mixing. And it's, we literally like are when we're in the room mixing together. It's like. Well, one guy will be in the chair for 10 minutes and the other will be in the back of the room or over the shoulder yeah, and then we yeah. switch and it's just like we cycle and through for a whole day. I'll just say real quick on the on the Spencer point, I got to hang out with Spencer when he helped produce my vocals and that mm -hmm. for me was also really scary because I had to learn how to sing while recording in front of someone who I've also been like idolizing my whole life as a kid. So for <laughs> me, it was like really tough. But the first night we we just all hung out and he definitely has no ego very humble guy, very like chill, likes to play video games, like funny guy. We had a night where we just watched stupid YouTube videos, but it felt so good to see like that he's not jaded from his success either. Like he also is putting in the work, like he's mm -hmm. a good guy. He helped with like, he he knew where I was struggling. He helped, um, he, he went all in on the project. Like it wasn't just like a hit record and he's just there. Like he actually had the same amount of effort. That's probably why you guys get along is he had a, so much effort and care into it that it makes you feel good while you work with them. Exactly. No, I think the 
the thing there is that whole team, the mentality is always, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it the best we can possibly do mm-hmm. it. Um, regardless of budget or yeah. what the timeline is, we're all so obsessed with it being perfect or as best that we can do at yeah. that given time. So, you know, if you can find a team of people or, you know, whether you're in a band or outside of music, even if you can just find a team of people that have that mentality, you're pretty much guaranteed to have some success. Um, when and how long it takes that, sure. you know, varies, but, uh, yeah, with that crew. And I should say the same thing about working with Glenn Fricker. I mean, that guy has been, grinding at youtube since 2013 14 yeah because i watched his stuff too before i ever met you yeah i mean it's been going on 10 years now of youtube when i started working with him he was at like sixty thousand subs or somewhere in there and we had talked quite a bit online prior to that um and then now he's sitting like half a million or over half a million and just watching that progression and i mean that dude is obsessed with his channel and maximizing it. And like, for any older people listening to this podcast, subs means subscribers. Subscriptions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. No, 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 no. I'm old enough that I was like, wait, subs, subs. Got it. <laughs> that, Ben's like, man, a, a Philly cheesesteak sounds so good right now. <laughs> so hungry right now. I hope these guys shut up. <laughs> um, I have to say, like, I think, like, listening to your story and, you know, these uh, different accomplishments and just what you're doing currently, uh, and this is the dad in me, if I'm being super honest, is like, it's just really cool to hear this and it's a testament to how much you care about it and that's great to meet people like that like Bram I know is feels very lucky to have the relationship he has with you because you care as much as he does about his projects that is so awesome and there will come a time eventually where you stop and you do get a chance to look back on it and you'll really appreciate all the cool stuff you get to do now um, and that's going to be even more rewarding than what you're actually accomplishing right now to stop and go man I've done a lot like, I hit 40, and I look back, and not everything's been a success, but I'm like, I tried. And I've done some really cool stuff like that I'm really proud of. Uh, and the people that I've met and those relationships go past the projects that we did. So Well, even him and I will dork out and listen to the first songs we did together. And we're like, man, that was cool. Is this while you're on the phone talking? Yes, for yeah. Hours? For our, for our, <laughs> so for anyone that uh, doesn't know, and this, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Jackson and I have never had a phone call that was less than an hour long. They're usually an hour to two hours long. We talk about 10 minutes of the thing that I called him about, and then the rest of the time we're just talking about, like, man, you ever think about, like, dying? And like, <laughs> <laughs> Literally everything under the sun. I'll say I have a tendency to chat for a long time on the phone, but I think that, well, one— You have better relationships it, from it. I have, like, my friends that I talk to like that, I mean, we are tight, and we know each other well, and um, I'd rather— have that kind of communication then this goes back to the social media thing yeah, yeah. no offense i know you guys are like big on that um but it's like what hater ah uh, no anyway but i you know i'm not on there right now and i've kind of taken a step back because i was like i just need to focus on fixing my shit yeah. <laughs> well i think the social media thing because i mean we're big on it from a level of foundation um but for me like it's balance is a, a huge part of anything that we do, no matter what you apply yeah. it to. But it's more on social media. I think it's like riding a bike because, mm-hmm. you you know, you go back and forth. You need to keep a little bit of balance. And it's OK if you take a break, but you, then you come back to it and, you you know, you give yourself that chance to almost, you know, clear cleanse the palate. You know, like you were talking right. about projects earlier. You might be doing death metal and then something completely different. I mean, there has to be a palate cleanser in there for you to focus 
and or pivot, switch gears, you know? So, I mean, taking a break on social is not a bad thing. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's like, is there a way that we can space this out for a little bit? Or and pay then, someone to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I recognize fully the importance of it, um, but taking time away from it, it kind of makes you step back and really evaluate. When, when you're not yeah. being shown all the people that you know all the time yeah. on your phone, yeah, you're constantly... and then you have to actually sit and you're just on your couch watching a TV show and then you think, oh yeah, I wonder how so-and-so is doing, and then you give them a call, a crazy yeah. concept, and have a conversation. It's like, that uh, That just feels so much more rewarding to me oh, than like is. hitting yeah. tap, double tapping for a like or something. Yeah, it's oh, very yeah. it's very cold when you do it that way versus you actually talk to someone and you get to hear something. Kind of like with, versus sending a text or calling someone. A lot of times when you call someone, the conversation goes way better. Yeah, yeah. you can hear in their voice like, are they doing okay? Yeah. Or like, like because uh -huh. everyone's always putting a projection up online. Sure, so it's, it's like, going to be the best version of it. Or yeah. some people put up the worst version of their life all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which depending is, on the uh, type. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but no, but we we, uh, we talk on mental health a lot because, um, you know, and uh, I always say this in every show that we talk about it, Ben's helped me kind of really get in touch with like my emotional side of things and also the mental health thing too because it is something that if you push it aside it's gonna it'll boil up, it blow up over. so like you know and and for me too I've, I've also found ways that like if some days i'm not like if i'm creatively not that's why it took me so long to write those lyrics for that song i was so mentally occupied with everything else it would drive me nuts trying to do it and i think i would not put out what i wanted to put out like i'd rather wait until my brain was like ready to take on that next responsibility which is hard to balance because like you want to get things done and time is not time is money but time is of an essence especially if you're working on a project where if you've been recording it for three years and it comes out you're a different person three years mm -hmm. from when you started even even our album took a long time just because scheduling and all that but we we all became i think different people in that two years and when it finally oh, yeah. came out it was still cool music but like now the new stuff we're working on is almost not entirely different but it's pretty different than what we just put out which I'm excited for. Yeah, on that note, I mean, that, that project has explored, I think, most subgenres of metal at this point, which is we kind have. of fun. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. we, we've been a jukebox. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Oh. But we've also brought in people of different influences. And, yeah. like, for me, like, we were joking about it. Um, one of our buddies was in a music video, and he was like, um, you know, because right now he didn't actively track anything. But he's like, is he, is he still going to be, like, in the promo pictures? I'm like, yeah, he's always part of the band. <laughs> like, he never, he didn't really track it's anything. He just He just showed up <laughs> in the pictures, and he showed up in the, he, he, he played one, one live take. But, yeah, um, isn't there like one guy in like Arcade Fire? I think they're defunct now because they're bullshit. But like what one guy that wasn't even play an instrument? He just ran around on stage. He was like the hype dude. Yeah, dude. In Arcade Fire, it's the and best. everyone's like, "What is you his need deal? a hype man?" Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like how there was like you know like uh, like a lot of times like you see it like in rap collectives. I mean, there's like the Wu Tang Clan. How many people have been in the Wu Tang Clan? Ever. Not saying that we're the Wu Tang Clan, but Wu -Tang like Tang for life. Yo. But no, um, shout out to your brother. Yeah, protect your dick. Yeah, but uh, but no, it, like it's cool seeing. I shouldn't say that. It, but like having people be a part of it, and it's like if they leave the band, I mean, if they leave on bad terms, that's a, de a different thing. But if it's just like, hey, maybe we needed someone different. This thing didn't work out. If they still love the band, and we still love that person, like, yeah, they're part of the band, even if they don't play in it. Like, it, they are still were part of that experience. And like, I feel like any project that you work on, like all the people that you've worked with um whether they've moved or like they've had different relationships happen they also come back to you like they're because you always give them like that comfortable space to go to well yeah that's kind of my goal ultimately is to create an environment that people can just be themselves and let mm -hmm. loose and not feel like 
oh no, we're on the clock. Like we have to keep rushing through right, this, or right. we got to get it done. Yeah, or it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it it can be difficult uh, in a lot of studio environments for people to open up and feel comfortable, mm-hmm. especially if you're booking a session at a commercial space and you're like, I don't know who the engineer is. I mean, I used to be in that world, and it's like you're it's cold for everyone you're yeah. just meeting uh, you say hi hello how's it going okay let, give, let me see your tracks and then they go in the booth and then That's they're it. just yeah. they're winging it in front of you or they're doing the thing they've rehearsed a million times in front of somebody they have that's never heard the music doesn't know what the lyrics i'm sitting there you know like that's such a disconnected and cold and just that just feels like the fast food of music to me. Right. And then you and, start to hear it in the production or in the, or in the, the lack thereof, or... because you're, you know, as an engineer, you're just sitting there and you're like, I've got this song happening in front of my eyes that I know nothing about. How am I supposed to make it better? I haven't even heard it before. You know, like right. you can't put yourself emotionally in it either. Yeah. So that's why I like, you know, if I take a project on, I or work with any artist. The first thing we do is just sit down and talk and hang get to out. know each other and have a hang drink some coffee or you know have the scotch or whatever and like get to know scotches. each other or or 15 scotches no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh get to know each other and be like okay what are your goals i always yeah. ask people what's your goal for this project yeah. or this record or whatever it may be your band and work back from there cuz yeah. it tells me if if they look at me and they go uh well you know i just i don't know i guess maybe play some shows then i go immediately like all right, like you don't have an end site in mind. We either need to figure out what that is yeah. or you need to reassess before you make an investment on a record. Sure. I love that you brought this up too because this applies to other aspects of being creative. Like we um, do a DIY booking piece and my sole goal is to vet artists before we work with them for multiple reasons. One, it's not easy. And my job is to talk people out of it. I really want people to think like, yeah, man, I'm not ready. Because if I can then get past that piece and they're like, no, yeah, right. we if, can do If X, they're ready, what this, you say is not going to matter. And they're, really, they're like, yeah, they're in. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, the other piece is, um, you know, we do a thing where like we talk to them for an hour on the phone. I want to get to know them. You know, how's your home life? You know, mm-hmm. is your car state? Like, it's not to be rude. It's to because this, you know, being able to go out there and do this thing that they want to do and do it well. I need to make sure I understand the ins and the outs of, you know, their day to day to make sure they can, they're putting their best foot forward. Right. Um, and that allows also for us to then work with artists that we want to work with, um, you know, opposed to just, you know, working with an artist just to like, you know, make, make a bill or, you know, bill. whatever like it, And I think it creates a better relationship just similar to an engineer working with an artist. Like if I was an engineer, which I am not, but uh, musically, uh, I would go see him live. I would, you know, have a combo. I'd want to talk to him. It's not to be rude. It's just to be like, I really want to make sure this is worth your time and money within what we can control. Because well, there's so many things you can't, right? Personal, but, yeah, exactly. personal life's a big thing. It's like you might have the idea to do this, then you are getting geared up to pay it, and then a major life thing happens and you're still trying to push through it, but like you see the person, they're like, I want to give my whole life to this. You're like, dude, you got to pay your your electricity. I've, I've had some clients like that that are so dedicated to what they're working on. I've literally said, hey, uh, don't pay me for like two months and just get yourself like figure your, your stuff out because like you're stressing me out right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm stressed for you. Yeah. Like 
please, like, for your sake, you know, like, I'll f- keep the record on time. Like, right. I'm willing to do that stuff for clients, and that's part of why I spend the time to make sure that the dynamic's right and the client is right and that we're going to work together well. Because I will, you know, throw myself in front of the bus for people sure. at times. It, well, and you and I, <laughs> I was just saying, in the last four you years, know. I mean, there's been times where I've been really, like, the album, when we were doing the album, money was not an issue. It was just, I paid it right away, we're good to go. And then I just had a life change a little bit when we were starting to do other stuff. And I told you, like, hey, like, I can do this. And mm-hmm. we can we can do this. Yeah. But, like, I need more time because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, and I granted, like, I, I was able to recognize that. But I feel like most people don't want to face that. Right. And they might know it in the back of their head. But yeah. they're like, but I, I just, I, if I put this thing out, everything will be okay. It's kind of like that. I'll push this aside. Yeah. I'll get this out. And everything will, this will make me happy, even though this is falling apart over here. Yeah. Right. Which... Yeah. Having those boundaries are so important, and a big piece of 45 for me is uh, Bram's agreement to make it more about mental health and making sure we're doing right by anybody that we work with. And it's one of those where we may not work with somebody now, but we get the opportunity down the road because we were honest with them now. Yeah, They come up and you know, you guys were, you shot straight with me. You're right. You know, that wasn't going to be a good start for both of us. But I think I'm ready now. And I love that. I love that we we do. We sure. see that now. And it's only four years in, but we do see that return because we were upfront and honest. And we had the tough conversation to begin with. It's a learning point for me. I know it's a learning point for Bram. These are things we didn't do years ago that we should have. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just part of it. It's like, okay, what it, what can we do better with Fortify that we didn't do with our previous projects? And that's been a huge part of, I think, our success. Especially being an entrepreneur. Like, you know, if you do a business, you're expecting expecting you to do that business probably for almost all your life or most of it, unless you're just trying to start it and sell it. But like for us, like it's a lifelong investment. So you'd rather have that person come to you when they are maybe at that level. Like if, if they're trying to work at this level and the company's at this level, but they're at X level, it's not an insult to them. It's just like, Hey, like, especially with when it comes to like, you know, maybe if, for example, a band wants to go tour, but they have nothing online to show for. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a bad thing, you know, cause I mean, it's, it's expensive to get promo. It's, you know, I mean, some people it's, a monetary restraint is probably the biggest thing that most musicians get held back on. And, you know, yeah. you have to walk before you can sprint, especially when it comes to the booking side. And if you want to get management and all that, and, you know, you have to have your ducks in a row. It's such an incredibly expensive industry to break into mm-hmm. uh, as an artist. I I mean, I've considered it. There's a reason I'm an engineer and a producer sure. now and, and session drummer. It's yeah. because they're there's very little money in music other than doing a job in the industry. Or like a cover gig. Yeah, or being a, (laughs) I mean, I've played in cover bands. I mean, it's, the money is everywhere but original music, honestly, Um, which is tough. And the, it's extremely high risk reward, you know, ratio there for those who do dive in and do their own thing. Um, the pool is bigger than ever of people yep. recording. Yep. There's more songs every year being recorded than ever before. Right, and whatever you're putting out is the 18th version of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but on that note, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming out, brother. I've seen yeah. you like eight times this week, which is like That's more wild. than I've seen him all last year. <laughs> but um, but no, thanks for coming out. And uh, just closing notes, um, you know, I know you're not necessarily on social media, but where can people find your productions? Where can they find your products? You know, what what would where can people find what you're working on? Yeah. So if you want to get in contact with me, uh, my email is jacksonwardmusic at gmail.com. Um, if 
you are interested in any of the products I have, they're available on Spectre Digital uh, on their website. And they've got the drum libraries I've done and cool. all that stuff. And then if you're curious to hear what I've worked on, uh, I think there's a playlist on Spotify nice. I've made. Well, he, you've got a website, <laughs> and too. And I do have a website, stratarecording.com. Uh, okay. Right. So you can and go then on I'll, there. I'll have a section for Jackson, too, on our website. And if anything, if any of our listeners maybe have a hard time finding you, they can reach out to us and just say, hey, I want to work with Jackson or I want to talk to Jackson. So mm-hmm. anybody that's listening, we'll they can. Now. Yeah, we'll see. But but um, we'll be triage. You can. Yeah. We have uh, we have contact farms on the Fortify uh, page, so they can reach out to us if they want to get a hold of you, and they for whatever reason can't. So, but uh, yeah, man, appreciate you coming out. Yeah, yeah thank thanks you so for having much. me. Engine Room Recording Company, located in Broderpool Village, just north of downtown Indianapolis, specializes in making your projects go. Podcasters, bands, audiobookers, rappers, singers, songwriters, and everyone in between, the Engine Room Recording Company has the experience, the engineers, the equipment, and the environment to fuel your projects. For more information on their services, creatives they've worked beside, and gear they use, visit them today at EngineRoomRecordingCompany.com and be sure to follow them on Instagram at Engine Room Recording Co.